This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank you. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 159. My name is Nick Howell. And 90% sure that I'm not Maria Canellis' baby daddy. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. <laughs> And welcome back, Nick. Uh, Nick had a, had a week in paradise, and he has, dis- he has deigned to rejoin us for this week's show, which is, which is good, because we have a lot to go over. We had Clash of Champions. Uh, NXT went live on USA with a two-hour show, although it was only an hour on USA this week and then an hour on the network, although now both hours are on the network, although it's only an hour and a half because of commercials. You get the idea. We, they announced they were going to be doing a draft uh, on the main roster, we had a, a major match announced for the first SmackDown that's going to be on Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Hell in a Cell matches that got made. And, uh, I mean, over New Japan, the Destruction Tour was insane. Things, things happened. Things happened in New Japan, and I need to talk about them because reasons. You'll see. <laughs> and, then, and then also Josh Barnett's Bloodsport happened. It was, it was a week, Nick. It was a week. Uh, but before we talk about that, tell us about your vacation. How how was it drinking margaritas on pristine white beaches in the Caribbean? I have discovered a new drink, and I can't oh. say that I made it up. One of my friends there made it up, but it's basically it's very simple. But it tastes like cherry coke. It's vodka, diet coke, and a splash of grenadine on the top. And all I, it, is there an actual name for that, sir bartender? Yes, it's a Diet Roy Rogers. Diet Roy. Well, Roy- I guess I'm not Roy Rogers because it's got it's got vodka in it. Um, so I'm not sure what the because you know there's a Dirty Shirley, which is the Shirley Temple with vodka in it. Right. Um, off the top of my head, I forget. I, there is a name for a vodka Roy Rogers, but I forget. Probably a John Wayne. Okay. <laughs> I think that's I think that's whiskey well, and coke. All right, and, then, but, partner. That's what I and, drink all week. No, I, so we had a lot of the, of course, you with the, an impression. the freezy drinks, uh, you, you know, but I ended up landing on that one as my go-to <laughs> for the week, uh, and it was fantastic, but lots of sailing, uh, dodged a couple of hurricanes, Jerry and uh, Umberto, uh, named after your, one of your favorites, Mr. Carrillo. Uh, yeah, but it, it's, it's always fun going to the Caribbean in September. It's a, it's a little bit of, a little bit of rolling the dice, hunger games of which, what kind of hurricanes you're going you're gonna to run into down there. <laughs> But uh, oh, no, man. it's it's fun. We love we love Turks and Caicos. Uh, that's where we went 
uh, it was an absolute blast. So thank you guys for being patient. I needed the time off. I hope the energy that I'm bringing today is uh, evidence of that. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to get to your level. My drink of to choice go. today is my drink of choice today is uh, a little bit of whiskey and coffee. Or so I'm trying to get to your your, your level. This cold brew should have me uh, fired up by the second hour of the show. So yeah. if you if you hear me get more animated, that's why. <laughs> Clinkity clink, clink, clink. Yeah, there's no vodka in this uh-huh. one, just straight Diet Coke. <laughs> you're, you're on vacation now. Yeah, well, Nick, we got a lot of show to get to, so let's do a little bit of housekeeping, and uh, we'll get right into it. Yes, guys. As the Discord is hopping. Uh, I want to start off with that one at the at, at the very start here. Uh, as we transition into two shows coming up here in the next couple of weeks, the Discord is going to be where it's at. All the action where we used to do weekly threads, uh, those are still going to be there, but we're starting to see the action die off and migrate over to our real-time chats channels happening in uh the busted wide open discord server so make sure you sign up there you can find a link to it at the top of the bwo discussion group over on facebook which you also want to be involved in over there uh you can follow us on twitter and instagram at bwo podcast right here on youtube live well at least for the next couple of weeks every thursday at 8 p.m eastern 5 pacific to recap in case you haven't been following along starting on tuesday october 1st we're going to be going live again same times 8 p.m eastern 5 pacific on tuesdays covering the wide world of wrestling and any happenings on Raw, and then we'll have a third hour as needed for uh, any pay-per-views that we need to recap. We'll follow that up later in the week on Saturdays with a show that will cover uh, AEW, NXT, SmackDown Live on Friday nights for Fox, uh, and then we'll be jumping over to Facebook for a live listener questions uh, segment over there. So listener questions moving over into the discussion group. So definitely be in the Busted Wide Open discussion group so you can get in on some of that. Last but certainly not least, we can't not thank our patrons. You guys rock. Uh, thank you so much for all of your support. And if you want to get in on some of that action, head over to B- uh, patreon.com slash BWO and sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. Uh, you can get access to listener questions, show notes, bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. Ian, there is a ton of wrestling that we have to oh, get man. through here. Uh, and I know that I, I did like a 10-hour marathon last night. As soon as we got home, I kissed Esther on the cheek. I said, uh, I love you, darling, but I spent a week with you. I got to go I gotta go watch some wrestling for about 12 hours so that we can do a show today for you guys. Yes, yes. And, uh, Nick, to start things off, because you were gone for this show, we didn't actually do our normal recap episode. Yes. So we're going to really quickly run through it because by now I assume everyone has, you know, if they if they know Raw and SmackDown, we got to get to Raw and SmackDown primarily here. Yes. So we're just gonna we're gonna bust through Clash of Champions really quickly, go over our pickums, any like quick thoughts we have on it, and then head to the rest of the week. But first, let's start off with Clash of Champions. Well, we kicked things off on the pre-show with Drew Gulak. Gulak. Defending his Cruiserweight Championship in a triple threat against Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. Did I say that right? Yeah. That was my uh, close enough. Yeah? Right. Close enough. Yeah. Good. You, were, you were lived in L.A. for long enough to pick up a little bit of it. Um, no, no need to spend too much time on this. This was kind of a, a clunker of a match. Unfortunately, the Cruiserweight matches, when they put them on the pre-show, they really can't go all out because they're basically just there to kind of get the audience salivating, but they're not there to you know show up the main show, basically. They, they can't put on too good of a match, or it, they get some heat with the guys who are doing the main show. So, like, oh, you upstaged us. 
so there was just yeah this was basically just it was just kind of there one or two big spots and that was about it right um i love drew gulak i love him as a cruiserweight champion but looking at some of the other matches this week i want to talk about it more especially when we get to nxt is i don't think he should be the champ much longer if 205 is going to be defined by cruiserweights and that division is defined by high-flying big spots uh flip monkeys whatever you want to call it gulak is a mat based ground and pound guy take him out of the cruiserweight division put him in nxt um unless i mean they could double down on his whole no fly zone gimmick sure but at the same time you know i don't know i it, i'm starting to get to the point where i'm like make the cruiserweight division the cruiserweight division and take the mat guys and put them in nxt yeah. If that makes sense, especially now that they're going to start like making all of those, um, you know, it's it seems like they're starting to blur the lines between NXT and Two Hundred Five Live more than it's blurred between Two Hundred Five Live and the main roster. It's more of a Triple H project. Project. Yeah. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I would I would say keep the high flying guys in Two Hundred Five, and take Matt guys like you know have Gulak go have more you know technical clinics with like Matt Riddle and Kushida and stuff like that. So. But he did win. We both called him to retain here. Sure. In a triple threat, it didn't seem like it was a it was the time to take it off of him. No, and I don't think I I think there's a chance that it could be one of these two guys that that dethroned the Gulak. But I don't think it was going to happen in a triple threat format like this. Probably not on the pre-show of a you know a B pay-per-view for that matter. So yeah, exactly. It's it is what it is. I have a lot more to say about the blending that you were just going over, but I'm going to save that till we get to NXT later. Oh yes. Uh, some of Much my prophecies are, are kind of coming, starting to happen. Oh, God. Oh, next up we had uh, AJ Styles defending the United States Championship against Cedric Alexander on the pre-show. Ouch. Yeah, you, did, you didn't prophesize this, and I, no. neither did I. I don't think anybody prophesized AJ Styles pulling the curtain on the pre-show. That being said, once you saw the result of this match and kind of how they dealt with this match – it made a lot more sense because this was basically just going to be AJ Styles putting down Cedric Alexander. And Cedric had a very hot start to this match, which was a theme of this show. A lot of hot starts to matches. Um, but in this particular one, it really did fire the crowd up. And even though AJ Styles put him down pretty quickly right. and retained, uh, it was exciting. And it, it definitely woke the crowd up, which I think was the intention of this match was have a big star on the pre-show, get the audience excited. There's no real other match I would have put on the pre-show instead of this one. If you look down the list here, this is the this is the one that, given the contents of the match, made the most sense to have on the pre-show. Um, you know, I, maybe Shinsuke Nakamura and The Miz for the IC title, but they've done Shinsuke on the, the pre-show so many times, and I don't know if having Shinsuke beating The Miz on the pre-show would have had the same effect as AJ Styles beating Cedric Alexander because AJ Styles is still such a fan favorite. Um, uh, maybe one of the women's matches, but then you get accused of sexism. Right. Um, you know, if you put, like, the women's tag match on in the pre-show, then all of a sudden people are like, oh, they're burying the women's tag division already. You know, it's, people freak out about it. Whereas this one, we can kind of understand, I think, yeah. if, we, if, we, if we look at it. So, um, so it wasn't that big of a deal. I, I, I kind of understood... After the fact, I mean, in the but, in the uh, context of Clash of Champions, it felt weird to have a match like Rowan Roman on here that didn't have a title involved, whereas you had two other titles on the pre-show, and that's one of right. the, the complaint. Like, like don't have the match on in this setting, 
and like Clash of Champions where there's not a title involved and you don't have to relegate an AJ Styles Cedric Alexander US title match to the pre-show. So I, I think but, it was just a poor decision to go through with that. But as we found out, that match, Nick, was a match for the championship of Vince's heart. Oh, God. Who has Vince's heart more, the Bludgeon Brothers or Roman Reigns? Because <laughs> oh, they're both God. very near and dear to his heart. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's I said a tough it. choice. Well, let's, let's talk about that when we get to it, because yeah. next we had Rude and Ziggler versus Strowman and Rollins, and Rude and Ziggler picked up the win. Um, I called AJ Styles retaining. I called this, um, although I was freaking out <laughs> at the time during the show. I was actually legitimately like, what did I do? Why did I pick that? Uh, because it didn't seem so obvious at the time no. that they would pick it up. Uh, that being said, it's a whole bunch of sound and fury signifying nothing, as we found out on Raw. But at the same time, it, 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 you know, it, it once again showed what a prop the Raw tag team titles, the tag team titles in general, are in, in the, the WWE. It was there just to make Strowman and Rollins have some time together. Yeah. Um, and ultimately really led to, I felt nothing, which we can talk more about when we get to the, the main match, which was Strowman versus Rollins for the universal title. Yeah. But having them be the, 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 the raw tag team champions ultimately meant very little. Yeah. And that was frustrating. Well, I got a little scared. You jumped out to an early two, nothing lead here. And I knew I took some risky picks down the card and I just went, Oh God, this is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> that's what i was thinking at the time as well like oh man where is nick when i need him right when i need to rub his face in it um so yeah so here we are beginning the card starting off with that and then we go to bailey versus charlotte which was a very quick match bailey ends up putting charlotte's face into an exposed turnbuckle and scampering off with the win i love the fact that she scampered straight to the back she went after, full after, toriano well yeah just like i i got it i'm out i loved it i loved that aspect of it um you know, but at the same time, this was kind of a quick nothing match, which was a bit surprising. Yeah, exactly. And we both picked Bailey to retain there. Uh, there were further developments that happened throughout the week, so we'll talk about those when we get to them. Uh, next up, we had Revival uh, versus New Day for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. And I'm very proud to say I did call this one. This is where your comeback began. I was kind of surprised that they uh, they beat the New Day, but I guess we got to get the New Day to be six-time chance next time they win. It'll be six-time chance. Something crazy. They screw up everybody in the crowd being able to follow along with Big E on their, their opening <laughs> announcement. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, this was a really good match, though. I thought yeah, this was. was very well worked. Not this surprisingly. This was actually both the match that I, was, I think I was looking forward to the most. Um, you know my love mm. for tag wrestling. These are two legit tag teams. Uh, and I was very excited about this match. They, I don't. It was really good, but I think it was about sixty percent of what we could potentially have. You know, this could rival some of the USO and New Day matches we've had over the last couple of years. This, these two pairings, and, it and could. I, just, I, I just, if they give them time, if they give them a build, if they let this happen, that's why I got so excited with Randy Orton versus Kofi, and then New Day versus Revival, and all three of those, both of those kind of pseudo factions coming together. I love stuff like that. So I'm anxious to see what happens from here. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm happy to see Revival come off the Raw Tag Championships, and now they get the SmackDown ones. So obviously right. they've worked things out throughout 2019. At least they're champs, and it looks good to have them have belts next to Randy Orton, especially given what happened with Randy later. Yep. The funny thing is I thought these guys had a better match on SmackDown when we had a pseudo rematch on SmackDown. Uh, than this match. This was a great match. It was a fine match um, on a show that was fair to middling. 
this was a this was one of the standout matches, but they had a better match on SmackDown. So I'm looking to see if this feud continues with them. And if so, if we get the if they get more time to really work some matches and can get closer to the Usos and New Day like high water mark yeah. as far as how good those those matches were. Uh, next we had the women's tag titles. We went right from one of the best matches on the card to one of the most meh Alexa stinker. Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Fire and Desire. Uh, yeah, we both picked Bliss and Cross to retain here. Not much to talk uh, about, really. Not much to talk about there. <laughs> it just it kind of it was. Is. It happened. Uh, it's what we expected. It's it's just kind of was, and it's unfortunate because we were saying like there's it's a really now kind of a thin women's tag division right now where you've just got Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and that's kind of it. Like Kabuki Warriors are a wall. Uh, Fire and Desire have been put down by Bliss and Cross a couple of times now. Um, and then the Iconics are also AWOL. Don't know where they went after losing the titles. Sasha Banks and Bailey are teasing being a team still, and we'll talk about that when we get to the week because, oh, God. But, yeah, it's, they've got to get the uh, NXT involved in the, these tag titles at some point because NXT does have a lot of women sitting around. Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah could be in there mixing things up. Horse women. So. You know, they're, they're, I think they're ready, you know. So we'll yeah. see. I, I, I have high hopes for this, but skeptically optimistic, as I always say. Uh, with regards to the women's tag division. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, next up, we had Shinsuke Nakamura defending his intercontinental title against The Miz. And yeah. this was where I started uh, reaching a little bit, admittedly. Reaching? Uh, I, oh, yes. I, I want I want Miz to get that ninth. Everybody wants Miz oh. to get the belt. He's not going to get it till he has his kid, which, which, by the way, he did just today. Congratulations, Miz and Maurice. Yeah. Perfect timing. Uh, I just saw the name... Uh, let's see. Welcome, Madison Jade Mizanin. Madison yes. Jade Mizanin. Thank you for taking the first note off of my other news section, but oh, it's okay because it's that's all right. It was, We're in a hurry it's all right. today. It's, yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh, but no. So congratulations to Miz. But I think now it's more likely that he'll get like if they're thinking about giving him that belt. They know what it means, especially as far as sticking it to Jericho. They know what that means. I think they needed more of a build. Yeah. They didn't point out enough that it would be a big deal. If Miz won the belt here, which made me believe they weren't going to do it, they, they I think they're going to give it a, a serious moment when he gets it. Uh, I, I didn't think this was it, and Shinsuke needs to be legitimized with this new play with him and with him and Sammy. This new kind of uh, partnership that they have needs to be legitimized a little bit more. Yeah, um, I, I get that, but can we talk about the cape for a second? I really didn't want to talk about the cape. Like, WTF, guys. Like, oh my first God. he's a now he's Superman. Now he's Super Shinsuke. I just, oh man. And then they brought it back this week. And I, now he's a he's an artist. He's an arti he's and he, artist. He raps his, his like Batman. Hello. He's a toro. Like Bella Lugosi. Yes, it, hello. <laughs> exactly. Welcome I am Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> Children of the night. What yeah. music they make. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> here, here we go with the cape again. He had to give it to uh, to uh, poor Neville, and he always he was, remember how fast he used to take it off. Like, yeah, yeah I got a cape. Down Damn the ramp, just God. get this off me. <laughs> Where Shins Shinsuke is just like, all right, I'm just going to go Phantom of the Opera with this thing. Right, it's terrible. If he came uh, out with a Phantom <laughs> mask on, like half covering his face, I would I would legit lose my shit. Uh, if he does within the next two weeks. Hashtag they listen. We yes. know what happens. Yes. Uh, next we had Sasha and Bailey 
in finally like a, a, a slobber knocker match. It just a just a whoop ass butt kicking match between these two. It was uh, Sasha Becky, by the way. Just not to. What did I say? Bailey. You said Bailey. Bailey? Yeah. Always with that. Why? Do, Bailey, why? Becky, Becky, Bailey, Bailey, Sasha Bailey, little, brings little, little, little. it out of me. So, 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 I blame so, 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 Sasha, Sasha Banks. Banks. <laughs> thought the thought the bank. I she brings it out of me. Uh, oh. Sasha and Becky. Sasha and Becky had their match, and uh, yeah, it was. This went sideways fairly quickly with uh, Becky glancingly hitting the ref, and he was KO'd for ten minutes because right. wrestling. Right, and uh, they went out in the crowd. Fought all the way up to the concourse where luckily a camera crew was waiting. And then they fought back down to the ring, at which point they finally revealed. You know, I thought the whole time the match was still on. I thought there was still a chance we were going to get a definitive finish. And Me then too. they were like, oh, no, no, no. Becky was DQ'd a while back because of the ref bump. Oh. And, she will be, and she will be fined. So they basically did, they didn't want to kill the heat of the match by saying Becky's DQ'd. And then no one cares that they're brawling. But I thought I actually thought they should have said... Becky's DQ'd, and then they just couldn't get them to stop fighting, and then they could have fought up there, and it would have had, it wouldn't have felt so, like such a bummer ending. The crowd, yeah. it really, it really killed that crowd when there was a non-finish to this match after all of the brawling had happened. I thought they were going to come back down the stands, and the ref was like going to come to come to and back to life. And we're going to somehow count up. the three count because the bell never rang, the DQ was never called for. Right. Nothing, right? So was, I, that's yeah. what I thought the whole time. And I guess that's the intended response that they were trying to elicit. But Because why spend the 15 minutes that they did running all over the place, beating the hell out of each other, which was great. Fine. I love that. Uh, but, you know, it just it felt like they were trying to lead us down a path and we were left going, wait, what? Uh, okay. And, and that's the problem is that then we got to the finish and, it, I mean, it gutted that crowd gutted them that you know the way that that ended is just so abruptly and strangely um and unfortunately you did pick becky to retain so it also meant that you got a point which made it even worse i'd have to go back and listen i think i even called a schmaz finish on on this one we should have done a plus one or something like that because I, I didn't think with bailey i thought called bailey to retain earlier and i thought she would come back in uh and, and cause you know something to happen here uh, where uh, Becky would end up DQing herself to to get keep retained. Anyway, nothing yeah. about that. Well, stuff. whatever it was, it, like I said, it killed the room. We had uh, one of our listeners in attendance there, Jay Jones nine three three. I'm sorry, I don't have his actual name. I just have his handle right here. But uh, he was actually there, and he said that that just murdered the crowd. Mm. He was giving us he was giving us live feedback from the event, which was awesome. Thank you for that, dude. We love that um, stuff. Thank you. Love it. But he told basically what he said was that the next match was just it, it murdered the next match, which was Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton in one of, I thought, their better matches. Uh, it had a nice build to it, but just that crowd was dead. Yep. It was dead. So it was too bad. Uh, Kofi did retain, which I called. I didn't think Randy was picking it up here. Um, but again, I'm starting to worry about this program because people just aren't into it. Aren't into it, and I don't know if the program's it's, over. It's we'll talk about that rain, on SmackDown. Man. It's, that's that's what's, and as we saw, what's coming. Uh, it's we know now we know what's coming. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, so let's say we'll talk about that yeah. when we get to it. There's not really much to say about this match, but we do have things to say about the next match, which was Rowan versus Roman Reigns. No DQ. They did a whole bunch of some of the like same spots we saw on uh, SmackDown last week, uh, like hitting him with the jib camera, um, but. This got th this was more about the finish than anything else. It was yeah. a it was a, a good slobber knocker match, and then all of a sudden at the end, uh, and this shocked the hell out of me. 
out came Luke Harper. Who still hasn't trimmed his beard in six years. No, why should he? That's his gimmick. Go to a barber. Seriously. I mean, trust me. It's his gimmick to be like unkempt. (laughs) Come on. Not all of us can have like perfect, beautifully large, well-kept oiled beards like yourself. Hanson. Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yo, uh, Roman lines up for a spear at the top of the ramp, comes running down, and out of nowhere, off camera, comes Luke Harper with a big boot, and we all collectively... Mm. Luke in a Monomarth shirt, by the way. Oh, Oh, God. So do we have to start doing Luke Harper shirt watch now, too? Yeah, I've I've got it in the notes here. Luckily, they both wore the same shirts on SmackDown that they wore (laughs) at Clash of Champions. Of course they did. Didn't Luke Small Harper backpacks. spend three years wearing the same sweaty tank top? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't tell with the Amon Marth shirt. You never know how long right. he's been wearing it. Uh, I did appreciate the Cannibal Corpse shirt on Rowan, though. Yes. Mwah. Yes. Mwah. That's good stuff. Love some Cannibal Corpse. Uh, and Amon Marth, man. I've gotten beaten up at, at like in a good way at Amon Marth shows. So excellent, excellent taste for both of these gentlemen now. So I'm Harper curious, is seeing, the, seeing wow. the outcome here, looking back at your pick and your logic, can you can you explain why you thought Roman was Roman was this just going to be the blow off and Roman Reigns was going to get his for Rowan trying to attack him? Was that your Law line of Roman thinking? wins? It, well, actually, I don't even remember what my thinking was, Nick. I know that I was being <laughs> just perverse on a couple of these. A couple of these where you were just like, "I'm going to pick so and so," and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to pick him because you said that." Right. That might have been the case here, but uh, yeah, but I thought this was a coin flip. Because either Roman's going to win or there's going to be something to do with the, with the no DQ and Daniel Bryan will get involved. I certainly didn't see Harper coming because I thought he was on his way out. But I guess they were like, they were like, dude, we, we can't let you go to AEW in November. Uh, here's something to do. Team up with Rowan. Again. Again. I'm we curious can't think this of goes. anything else for you guys to do. Well, we'll talk about that on SmackDown. Yeah. But yeah, so Harper's back. And finally... Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman had a decent match, and it took four stomps and a pedigree to put the big ba- big man down, uh, in Seth's words. And yeah, that was it. Braun Strowman, one more title shot, one more loss. Uh, what do you think about how they're treating Braun Strowman here? Not well. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm, you know Your what? Boy. I, I I think Seth should carry it, c- continue to carry it. Uh, I like Seth and Becky being the two title holders on Raw. I there, I'll say that. Uh, that said, I'm I fear for Braun Strowman. How much longer can get these hands Raw last? I, I don't know, but I do like the turn of the last couple of months with him kind of teaming up with Seth, doing whatever this program actually is, and it's revolved around Ricochet, the OC, AJ Styles, the U.S. title and the Universal, and the Raw, like this, this big maelstrom around several of the titles on Raw. I've, I'm, I'm enjoying it, and I think it's done good things for Braun Strowman. So I'm not counting him out yet, but you got to put a strap on that dude pretty soon, or it's we're all just going to start to just roll our eyes anytime he gets booked into anything because it turns into a cry wolf. Like, yeah, we don't believe you. Well, and it's the strange thing about how Vince books big guys. Either he just gives them all of the gold, or he just ha- has the perception of, ah, they're an attraction. They don't need belts to be an attraction. Um, in the case of Braun Strowman, if you have a guy who it takes four curb stomps and a pedigree to put him down, why shouldn't he be champ? There's that, that indicates to us, the viewers, anyone who's even halfway thinking about it, there's something wrong with his game. 
if you're that beefy, if you're that strong and that hard to put down, why don't you have a belt? Because they're going like to Brock. The Brock Lesnar is nearly Brock Lesnar is nearly unstoppable. Uh, he he can get a belt anytime he wants, and apparently he can get a title shot anytime he wants. Apparently too. Sure. So yeah, so it, it, that definitely hurts the Braun Strowman character when you when he can't win the big one. You know, it's been damaging to Samoa Joe. Where now every time he he goes out there and says, "Yeah, I can beat anybody," we're like, "But can you, Joe? But can you? Can you really?" Because you're kind of inconsistent. Even the little guys roll you up sometimes. It, at some point, it starts to undermine the character. Yeah. Um, and that was what hurt Braun when he had the, you know, the heel face switch off last year. I, I worry that they're going to treat him like the Big Show. Uh, because as much as Big Show has loved over his career, people just stopped really caring about him at a certain point. Right? Yeah. So yep. I think it'd be much better if they did like a Mark Henry Hall of Pain kind of thing with Braun. But yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Well, with the Rowan win, I actually thought I was going to come back and at least tie you, but it you got did close. Pick Seth Rollins to retain here. You win the Pickums eight to six. Very close. I didn't mm. think you would. It would be that close, or that I would get that many right because I did stretch and reach on a few of these. So, uh, yeah, eight to six. Congratulations, Sir Ian. Dangerous, but that's Thanks. it for Clash of Champions, guys. Let's go talk about what happened the rest of the week, starting with Monday Night Raw. So we start off with Seth Rollins in the ring recapping Clash of Champions like we just did. But then, as we know, uh, Nick, now, we're going to be heading into Hell in a Cell, and Seth is going to be facing Bray Wyatt as the Fiend. So, of course, we had to build to that. And sure enough, Bray Wyatt showed up on the Titantron to tell Seth that, hey, buddy, I'm running out of friends, and you're going to be my friend now, and I'm going to kill you in Hell in a Cell. Uh <laughs> This was the first time. Rabble shows up. Don't do it, Seth. Run. That's it. No, run, run. Uh, Breath and then Bray yelled at him. It was that was a nice. So okay, let me start again. Yeah. This is the first time we've seen Firefly Funhouse used as a conversational promo, where two guys talk back and forth, kind of like how Bray used to do, where he'd show up on the Titantron in the misty nether regions of the the stadium that they were in, and uh, and talk to talk, you know, in in cryptic terms to whoever was in the ring now we're doing it in the firefly funhouse setup what did you think about how that worked in practice because we were wondering how this was going to work in practice yeah when you had to have a feud with somebody how are you going to make this gimmick work what did you think about what we saw here so i was i actually watched this twice because i i was curious to f- see if they had pre-recorded the bray bits and seth was just had a set amount of time that he could respond in there that was blanks but no it looked like they were doing this live so props to them first of all i, I want to give them kudos there they looked like they were that bray was in a set doing right this though uh, he not, wasn't this was pre-recorded it was pre- okay then yeah. i mean even better you, you made it look live so yeah. fantastic um i like this i like the back and forth but i fear for this is kind of what killed bray with the matt hardy thing is the back and forth with the trons and the glass shatter things with the woken gimmick right so I, I was just I was kind of like eh, this again. I don't want Bray on the Tron. I want to let's. We have Miz TV. Can we not have Firefly Funhouse in the ring live? I don't know if it would work as well live with the puppets and and all the special effects that he uses on it though. Um, I think in in small doses. I thought this was great. I was actually very impressed with the edu- with the execution. Yeah. 
of this. And it did take Seth, you know, kind of hemming and hawing through the, the preset pauses that Bray had given him. Um, but at the same time, I thought this was very effective and it was genuinely creepy. You know, the, the only thing that I had a problem with was as Clash of Champions went off the air, as the pay-per-view went off the air, Bray Wyatt attacked Seth on the stage and Mandible clawed him down. And then all of a sudden, the next night, there's Seth. He's fine in the ring. He's like, yeah, the Fiend got me last night, but hey, I'm all right. That kind of undercuts how scary the Fiend is. Well, like, okay, you know, he, he says he's taken out all of these legends, but here's Seth the next night, and he's fine. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like when, um, when the, the Wyatt family stole Kane and Undertaker away, and then nothing really happened with that. So you, you've got to, the, the consistency wasn't there with it, or at least it made you kind of wonder, well, what the, what's the Fiend going to do to him? Yeah, not to mention the fact that you had a match and got your ass whipped by Braun Strowman and then got mandible clawed by the Fiend, but hey, right. here I am on Monday night opening up. Yeah, da, 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 Burn it down. I'm, da, 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 da. I'm Seth Rollins. <laughs> Everything's okay because I'm engaged to Becky Lynch. Yeah, hey, life is good. They're dating? What? Yeah. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Becky, Thank you, Becky Michael Cole. Is dating? Uh, I can't even say his name. Braun Strowman. What? Seth Rollins. What? I Becky don't know. Lynch what? is Maria Kanellis' baby daddy. I mean, I know she was the man, but I didn't know. Dun, anyway, dun dun uh, dun dun dun. This week on WWE Raw. Uh, no. Okay. So let's seriously getting back to this. This then evolved into Seth having a match with Bobby Roode later in the night. Uh, that devolved into chaos, as you under, as you would imagine. The top of the card is getting kerfuffled with like the OC jumping in. Um, the OC also had a match with. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep up on everything in rocks. It, it is getting more convoluted now, which makes breaking it down a little bit harder. Yeah. Which I like because the more convoluted it is, the more engaging it is, the more easy it is to watch because things are always happening. But um, the the two points that went forward with Seth's story were. Bray kept throwing Firefly Funhouse segments into Raw for the rest of the show, um, showing a wall of pictures where you know they had, he had pictures of his victims with their faces with little X's over the eyes and a little you know non like little frowns on their lips. Little uh, you know, yeah, little Jer- like Jerry the King Lawler and Mick Foley. Everyone he basically put <laughs> Not down. Not gonna lie, I was thinking of doing the same thing to Nia back here. <sighs> what has Nia ever done to you, Nick? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Th- he basically was threatening Seth throughout the night. Um, at the end of the night, Seth Rollins is having this match with Bobby Roode. The OC comes out. Um, and to save Seth, uh, so you have Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, who, you know, they basically, they, they gang up on Seth at the end of this match. DQ, finish. OC comes out. Five on one. Everyone starts beating down on Seth. And out comes the Demon Kane who also happens to be the mayor of Knoxville County, Tennessee. They happen to be in, sorry, Knox County, Tennessee. They happen to be in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> Sasha Banks. And uh, so, of course, he got a huge ovation. It also helped that he had won the 24-7 championship on a little vignette earlier, which was a lot of fun. He was showing our truth around Knoxville and... and uh, Volunteer the, Stadium. Yeah, Volunteer Stadium. And this, this was actually, the stuff with Kane was... I thought adorable. I thought it was a lot of fun. Our truth is hilarious. Kane playing along was hilarious. Calling him Mr. Truth, President, you know. All our, of yeah, oh, just all of the typical our truth stuff. Our truth uh, realizing that the policeman that Kane had with him was actually a referee and trying to run away and knocking himself out on the goalpost on the field, and Kane pinning him on the field to get the Brilliant. championship, and then our truth hiding on top of Kane's limo 
rolling him up, and then when Kane like goes to grab his neck and chokeslam him, he goes, "You don't want this belt. It's a it's a bigger job than being the mayor." And Kane goes, "Ah, maybe you're right. Let's just go enjoy the show." So th- by that point, the audience is just salivating for Kane, and sure enough, so when he comes out at the end of the show as the demon to save Seth Rollins, the crowd just pops huge. It was a great moment. So this is uh, a throwback moment, too, for those that haven't been keeping up. If you remember when Seth did his heel turn and his Money in the Bank championship, er, run with the briefcase leading up to the cash-in at Mania, Kane was basically his henchman, helped him yeah, win then, Money then, in the he, Bank. All but then he stuff. turned on him, didn't he? So right, he did. So consistency I'm wondering where this is going because that was the first thing that popped in my head. It's not going anywhere. It was a one-off to pop the, the hometown crowd. And then, of course, after Kane leveled everybody, the light started going out, and the Fiend pops up from right behind Kane and puts him down with the mandible claw before staring down Seth in the corner of the ring. Seth you know, is lying against the turnbuckle, shaking in fear as the Fiend just kind of like hovers over his head, which was an awesome image to, to close Raw. Yes. Um, so, but that's all it was. Was Kane was there to get sacrificed? He wasn't not going to become a thing with Seth. I can't imagine. He's the mayor. They were in town. They used him. He's sticking around, and he's not going to go back on tour with WWE, dude. Calm down. Okay. So, my my question here is: Is it starting to get to the point where we've seen Bray kill enough legends, and it's time for him to move on to like like current roster people? Hmm. Yeah. Or or is well, this okay? I think, okay to I think we're, we saw the beginnings of that this week with the whole Kane thing, with uh, Bray coming out at the end of Clash of Champions and you know sacrificing Seth. We're seeing the feint. We've seen him with Finn Balor already. We're going to see him at Hell in a Cell with Seth Rollins before the Universal Championship, which is crazy to me. Fine. We'll talk about that at a certain point. Yeah. But I, I thought all of this was executed pretty well. Um, and, you know, respect to Kane for showing up. And and being there and you know putting over some of the new guys, especially the fiend. So I, uh, I, I yeah. love all of every. I, I'm not mad at anything that happened throughout this segment. Really, I, I, I really believe Kane it. was the first guy that Bray Wyatt put down when he came in as the original Bray Wyatt character. Oh man! So this go is this goes that. way. That's cool. This goes way back. Yeah, nice little callback. Um, but yeah. So th- but this was I think there's a lot of entertaining stuff here. The one thing was. So Bobby Roode and Seth Rollins are great together. I thought that was fantastic. Yep. Um, I liked the fact that Roode looked like he was almost at Seth's level because it's really easy to have the tag teams get run over by the major stars, right? Sure. Unfortunately, the rest of the show was pretty much F the tag division, which we'll get into. (laughs) It was just the the tag division's garbage. I mean, let's face it. At the end of this segment, we had Kane. Now, granted... You know, he is a legacy star at this point, and they tend to have those guys come in and run roughshod over the current heels. But Kane took out two of the biggest tag teams in WWE right now single-handedly and AJ Styles. So, I don't know. Small, small complaint. Um, Much more complaints, I think, would be levied at the King of the Ring, Nick. Uh, The finals we had uh, on Monday, not on Clash of Champions, strangely enough. We had them on Monday which I think I can explain. I was okay uh, with that, though. Yeah, me too. I thought it actually made more sense, given the other matches they had on Clash of Champions, if they had shoehorned this with how this went down onto Clash of Champions, I, I think people would have been more upset and you wouldn't have had, as one, as good of a match, because it was a really good match, Corbin versus Gable, 
for the King of the Ring championship or or King of the Ring title. Um, and they get they gave him some time, and this was one of Baron Corbin's better, if not best, matches. I, he was been he's been lights out this whole tournament, frankly. Yeah, no, so I, is Gable, but Gable's always lights out. Gable is always lights out, but at the end of the day, um, wh- what we really needed to talk about here was you know what happened afterwards. You know, and that that's the thing that happened on SmackDown. So I want to save that. Um, okay. I, I didn't really like um, what happened afterwards, but I want to save that. I'm, okay. Uh, well, we we'll save of, it to we, SmackDown. We kind, of, we kind of called Corbin to win this this thing. You know, once Kevin Owens went out, once Drew McIntyre went out, I was like, it's Corbin. Yeah. The second that they announced the brackets, I came on the show and said, "All hail King Corbin." <laughs> you did. You did. I did. And the Rock. reasoning for that was the exact reason that they did this, which was one more accolade for Corbin to rub our noses in. And I feel like a lot of people, whether it's the internet crowd or the hardcores or whatever, are starting to come around on Corbin a little bit. He's, he's showing that he's a consistent worker. People are starting to realize that he's extremely safe as a worker uh, and that he is one of the few true effective heels these days he's the wwe's mjf you know he's not quite as good with the patter as mjf is yeah but man he can get under an audience's skin and i think people are starting to kind of respect that a little bit uh we've been high on him ever since the constable corbin gimmick back last year we were saying in the fall like he's great like he's he's genuinely such a an effective dick heel that he makes us hate him and sometimes it's hard to to get around that instinct to just hate the person. I have that with Tai Chi, where I can't, I just can't get around my natural hate of the man. Um, I think it which was is why he's such a great the, heel. When he put the vest waistcoat on, that that's when it clicked for me. Uh, and I know a lot of people <laughs> hated that, but him coming out as that constable character, you know, yeah. it's just a what, what name can I make up for? I'm in charge. That isn't yes. commissioner or GM, right? <laughs> so, I'm still yeah. in charge. I just got off my shift at TGI Fridays, and I'm right. here to kick ass. I have 27 pieces of flair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, Corbin is your king of the ring. As you said, we'll discuss it more on SmackDown where we have the coronation ceremony yep. and some of the fallout from this, which was very interesting as far as you know, speculating about who they really made this tournament for. So, uh, but yeah. But, but at the end of the day, I thought it was just interesting to point out people are starting to come around on Baron Corbin. And here he is winning this tournament where we had so many other people in this tournament that could have been deserving King of the Ring winners. Uh, and they decided to go with Corbin. Yeah. So, very strange. Uh, the Viking Raiders, Nick. <sighs> the Viking Raiders. War Machine. Uh, which is, it's interesting because today my Raiders did face the Vikings in a losing effort. And I'm, I'm still feeling that as we do this show right here. So, saying Viking Raiders actually hurts me more than normal. Today, Nick. You could say the writer, the Raiders got the uh, Minnesota Viking experience. Okay. I hate you so much right or now. Not. How's your Cam Newton doing? <laughs> Dressing up like a like a insane gypsy anymore? Yeah, it's no? it's, it's Aunt Jemima something. I don't know what's going on. That nobody knows what's he's going gonna, on with Cam. I can't tell if he's going to read your fortune or take a sack. Um, anyway, so probably both. So this is strange. So the Cedric Alexander is teaming up with the Viking Raiders to face off against the OC, the entire OC, AJ Styles included. So maybe Cedric and AJ still having a feud, which is strange because before that it was Ricochet in this position. Uh, There are rumors that Cedric Cedric Alexander is being slow pushed by Paul Heyman, 
If so, that would explain why he's winning and losing. He's trying to get audience sympathy right now. Uh, should it be Ricochet instead of Cedric Alexander? Uh, or are we okay with Cedric getting the spot? Um, I feel like it should have been Ricochet. Uh, I feel like it already was Ricochet. It makes me wonder what plans they've got for Ricochet uh, if they're kind of yanking him out of that U.S. title picture this quickly, almost overnight, seemingly overnight. Yeah, uh, it was they very did great. have their matches, him and AJ. Uh, but at the same time, I'm going, uh, are they are they interchangeable? A little bit, a little bit. But We've talked about how some of the, some of these like these smaller, flippy face guys, Ali, uh, Cedric, Ricochet, they're all kind of starting to be a little bit interchangeable. On are, the main are they going to get lost in that interchangeability? Is what I'm concerned about, and I, that's that's my biggest fear. Like Ricochet has enough going on that. You know, and you know, again, we saw some of that with Canellis this week. But he's good enough. He's got the moves. He's got the mic skills. He's he sells well. He's got all. He's got everything you need. Cedric, I still feel needs a little bit of that shine. And I'm wondering if that's why they put him in here. And they've got other plans uh, for Ricochet down the road. So we'll see. We'll see. Again, as long as you're on TV, you're doing something right. Yep. Exactly. So, and at least they're on TV. Although I didn't like how I, eh, I, I 50-50 liked how they handled Ricochet this week. But we'll get to that in one second. Before that, we got to talk about uh, Sasha and Bailey, the boss and hug connection. <laughs> I can't even say it. Sasha and Bailey reuniting their tag team against uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and uh, beat them fairly handily. Beat the current women's tag team. Ch- now, granted, granted, Sasha and Bailey were the inaugural women's tag team champions. It makes sense to have them beat the current ones to at least establish some sort of pecking order. They could take the titles if they wanted to. I thought that was an interesting dynamic. Conversely, speaking uh, devil's advocate, uh, there's now singles wrestlers again. Yep. They shouldn't be beating the champs this easily. Nope. And then beating them up and needing Becky and Charlotte to come out to save them. To save Bliss and Cross. Because it's not about Bliss and Cross. There's obviously right. something at play here circling the four horsewomen of NXT. And I, yeah, I, I haven't quite put my fingers on what they're up to, but it's very like all, Charlotte's face again, guys. Newsflash. Hello. All of a sudden. I like the fact that they're not going full, like she's not becoming like a, a you know, a nice, a nice girl. She's still Charlotte. It's just we're now we're going to be rooting for her. And they did, and that's kind of what they're doing with Bailey too, where she's still kind of sweet, innocent Bailey. But she has her own motivations for doing more dastardly things. Yeah, she was in an interview this week uh, with someone, I think it's ESPN or something, and they, they were like, yeah, Becky, uh, or Sasha is legitimately my best friend. Yes. So it, I'm approaching it from the angle. Like, she still comes out. She still does the Bailey Buddies. Uh, you know, right. I didn't hear Boss and Hug connection, but I, who knows when that's going to show back up. They but at the mentioned same time, it briefly. It's, it's, they did? Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, Bailey's motivation here is that Sasha's my best friend. I'm going to protect her, la, 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 all that stuff. It's not like complete heel flip uh, like we would we would ex- usually describe something of this magnitude. So I think we've established also that Charlotte has kind of reached that tweener status. Like, she she's yeah. going to be Charlotte either way. She Charlotte going to Charlotte. Yep. That's she the queen. And I, I ain't going to tell her no. no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the women's tag division gets buried as well as the, the rest of the tag division. <laughs> um, so, all right. We're not – obviously, we're heading towards Becky and Sasha. Becky. Yes, I said Becky. Becky and Sasha in Hell in a Cell. They established that after this. 
um, when Sasha and Bailey both grabbed chairs and you had Becky holding up a chair and then Charlotte came out for the save. By the way, Charlotte kicked a chair down Bailey's throat in heels on the ramp. Did I mention Charlotte going to Charlotte? Yeah. That's, that's some skills. That's some athleticism right yeah. there. <laughs> but, uh, yes, we're getting Sasha and Becky inside a cell at Hell in a Cell. Hopefully it will be better than Sasha and Charlotte was in a cell because that was a stinker. Stinker. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but we still don't know what's going to happen with Bailey and Charlotte. Got some clues on SmackDown, so we'll save that till then. Yeah. So that leads us to, Nick, Oh, oh uh, we have to talk of, about this, don't we? We have to talk about this. We have to talk about this, and I have to talk to you, okay. sir, because last week you said you love WWE for the soap opera stuff, yeah. for the stories, and you're getting it because we're having this whole, like we're going back to nearly like Attitude Era or some of the skeezier stuff in Ruthless Aggression Era with this Maria Kanellis is pregnant story we had the gender reveal party this uh this week on raw where she revealed that it is a boy she's having a boy everyone was so happy no one more so than mike Kanellis, who the maria then turned around and said but you know you're not really the father ricochet is the father and everyone what looked at ricochet and he's like what the heck are you talking about i'm I don't know what you're talking about. Mike Kanellis gets mad, slaps Ricochet, demands a match. They go out to have a match. Ricochet doesn't want to fight him, but he fights him anyway, kicks his ass. And as Mike Kanellis is lying in the ring, dejected because he's been cucked by somebody or his wife is being a psychopath again, out comes Maria to say, I was just trying to motivate you. Ricochet's not really the father. The father is really Rusev. And out comes Rusev with a porn stash looking as jacked as he's ever looked. Man has been working out with Sheamus and he's like, he is, he is shaved down and jacked up. He's always had absolutely insane traps, but those things are actually alive now. They have a mind of their own and they're, they're planning on taking over the world. Well, because he cut his hair off, you can actually see them now. They're, the hair's not sitting on, but Jesus Christ, they're massive. Dude, no, he's always at them and now they're just cut. As, oh, the guy is terrible. He looks terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so, and immediately Mike and Elsa is like, dude, <laughs> I don't care if you're the father of my wife's child. Please don't hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say really quickly, uh, as an aside, I was really excited to see Mike Bennett and Ricochet have a legit match. It's a shame that they didn't. I think those two would be a really fun pairing. But yeah. uh, in this context, it wasn't going to happen. So eh. when, I, when, I, when I heard that they were going out to the ring, I kind of got, ooh, because this could be good. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. It was awful. It was, it was bad. And then Rusev came in, murdered Mike Kanellis, and stormed off and we still don't know if he's i mean obviously he's probably not because you know lana would kill him um but he's you know it's probably just another tool that maria is using to motivate mike ben uh, Canellis, which who who Corey called it called a beta cuck which i never thought i'd hear on ww programming or any programming for that matter but here we are um, 2019 this vernacular, I guess. Who knows? Bizarre. This bizarre, uh, strange, stupid storyline continues. Yeah. Is this what you wanted to see, Nick? 
Is this the kind of soap opera stuff that you needed to see on your programming? No, the soap opera stuff that I'm referring to is like the maelstrom of stuff I was referring to earlier, circling different titles and storylines, OC, Seth and Braun, uh, Ricochet in there, Cedric in there, Revival in there, all kinds of stuff just circling around a bunch, like one big ball of story. This is poppycock. This is crap. (laughs) This is... I don't know what audience they're trying to get to. I think you nailed it. 2004 Ruthless Aggression post-Attitude Era crowd that they're if, trying to get here. Yeah, and, it, and it, here's the thing. is They always try to have a bunch of different segments and styles of storytelling on WWE where you've got some straightforward, you know, I hate you, you hate me, Sasha and Becky, kind of what they're doing. Uh, you got the creepy stuff with The Fiend. You have a lot of different different things happening. This is the trash TV element. Yeah, this is bringing this is the Jerry Springer crowd. Yep. Um, and it used to just be all this. So the fact that it's just one segment, I suppose, is like, all right, well, they've got to appeal to those people who just want to see this kind of stuff uh, because they are out there. I'm, you know, this has been getting hits on YouTube. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, I could, <laughs> I could, I could, I could leave it. I can definitely leave it. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, the other, one thing I want to say before we move on, aside from the women's revolution aspect of this, Maria Kanellis looking like the worst kind of female character, um, are the street prophets headed the way of our truth? Are they just going to be dancing goofball guys for the main roster? Because if so, they're being wildly misused. They are. They're being wildly misused, but whatever they're doing, the, the, the segment with, with Booker T was awesome. Uh, it was, you know, it, for what it was. They're pulling stuff out. They're making like, like they're making gold out of work. garbage. Like yes. what they're being char- tasked to do, they're pulling it off. They're doing it fantastically. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's 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 wildly misused. But at the same time, there's a lot of shit happening right now in the tag division, uh, among, amongst different teams and stuff. And is there just not a place for them to slot in yet? Could they yeah. be looking at something coming up for Survivor Series? Uh, you in know, a couple of months. Possibly, but at this point, they seem more like, you know, kind of the sing and dance and act that you you typically get when Vince McMahon sees a couple of funny guys who happen to be African American. The thing that I think kind of saves this is Dawkins in particular, and a little bit Ford, are playing some of their jokes to the camera, where it seems like they're either either in on it or they're taking control of it. Um, or ownership of their own jokes. And some of their jokes are genuinely funny. Some of the, the reactions they had to Ricochet and Mike Kanellis leaving to go fight it out in the ring and Ricochet possibly being the baby daddy, some of that stuff that they were like their little, you know, uh, bits that they were doing after that was genuinely funny and, and witty. And I, I, was, I was sitting there going, mm, I don't like the fact that they're slotting again into you know, the, the, the funny guy's role, but at the same time, they're actually doing stuff that is funny and they're, they're ripping it out and not stumbling on it. So from a performance standpoint, they're nailing it. Yeah. So hopefully they can, you know, continue to <clears throat> grab the proverbial brass ring. Yeah. When it comes to that, yeah. um, Nick, I have to ask you, what did you think about AOP coming back and having a promo uh, dressed in suits, starting off introducing themselves in English, and then cutting a promo entirely in their own respective native languages. Uh, I believe it's Turkish and Hindi. I'm not entirely sure, 
but uh, they both have re- their respective languages, and they were subtitled, basically saying in this promo that we were kicked out of MMA because we hurt people too much. Now we haven't been seen since WrestleMania because we hurt people too much. We're going to come back and we're going to bring the pain. We're Essentially, hurt what they said. A lot. What did you think about this new presentation of AOP? Let's see what happens. Skeptically optimistic, as always. Um, I'm excited to see AOP back on TV. Um, we also saw this on SmackDown as well uh, and yes. on NXT, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I might be wrong about that. I did watch 12 hours straight of wrestling last night, so I'm, it's all a blur for me for this past <laughs> week of what was where. But no, I, I'm, I like that we're seeing them again. I like the timing. Um, you know, what I was just saying about Street Profits, I think the exact opposite of AOP. They could walk in tomorrow, challenge somebody, and take titles off of whoever's currently holding them. I couldn't yeah. say that about the Street Profits. Um, well, that's, and that's, that's presentation. Right. But AOP is that big, that dominant. They're just big jack dudes that are terrifying. And that's exactly yeah. what, and they're a legit freaking tag team. They've come all the way up as a tag team. I, I love AOP. And I'm very yes. excited about this. I love them in suits. Are they the Brock Lesnar of the tag division? Are they going to show up once or twice a year? I think I think not. I think this is going to be this is going to get big. And I'm very excited about AOP. We'll see if it works. I, I have a feeling it's going to depend on where they land in the draft and what other teams are on that roster with them. Um, but I thought it was promising, allowing them. First of all, I loved the fact that they allowed them to speak in their own languages after establishing, yes, we can speak perfect English. Yeah, but we just um, choose not to because we don't have to. Because I'm worried that might be touching on the foreigner heel thing a little bit, yeah. but we'll see how it's presented yeah. uh, when they actually come out and start doing some more work. But I like the fact that they just felt like a couple of just big, bad dudes. I, I, I'm with you. I, I liked the suits, even though it's a complete change from what they were doing before. I dig that. Um, very curious where they're going with it. It, yeah, it seemed like they've got some big plans, and you and I both like we're, we're very high on AOP. Big time. So fingers crossed. Uh, a couple more quick things: Rey Mysterio defeated Cesaro. Okay, so Rey Mysterio <laughs> is having some wins. I'm not really sure. I think this is just they're floating this until they can get that tag match with Dominic going. And then Lacey Evans beat Dana Brooke. Uh, she beat her using a sharpshooter. Is Natalia feud still on? I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing Lacey Evans has done, by the way, this week, however, was she got pulled over by Canadian police, stayed in character the entire time, and like berated them. That's oh, funny. it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Check it out on Twitter. It's okay. fantastic. Lacey, <laughs> Lacey is, Lacey's, Lacey's, there's some really good stuff about Lacey. A lot of people are down on Lacey. I'm, I'm, I'm not down on Lacey. I'm down on how they used Lacey. Yeah. I think she's fantastic. No, they were so. finding her sweet spot in NXT with her character and all of that stuff, but all of the ramp walking crap just kind of killed a lot of it uh, when she got brought up to the main roster, unfortunately. Also, props to Dana Brooke. She's been working really hard uh, off TV, yeah. main event, things like that, house shows, um, looking jacked as always. And she and Sir Logan have been putting on some damn good matches, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Very athletic so, stuff. I, I just go do some promo work. And you can be uh, a lot of high hopes for Dana Brooke. But, yeah, that's it for Monday Night Raw, guys. Uh, indeed. We're not, what? Oh, yeah. We're I was going to say, yet. indeed. We're going to head over and talk about what else went down this last week at this point over on SmackDown Live. Beard Brock is back. The beard is back. 
and so is Brock Lesnar after a lights out awesome New Day versus uh, what would you call it? FTRKO, the revival and Randy Orton. Yeah. All right. So New Day versus New Day versus Randy Orton in the revival. Great lights out match. Fantastic stuff. Uh, very exciting. It ends with Kofi standing tall on the ring after defeating his enemies. And Brock Lesnar's music hits. And everyone in the arena just goes, what? Is he actually here? He, Yes, he is. Oh, my God. Brock Lesnar comes out with Paul Heyman. And long story short, challenges Kofi Kingston for his championship on October 4th, the very first SmackDown on Fox. It will be the first time Brock Lesnar has had a match on TV in 15 years. Good God. There are people who are currently watching WWE who were too young to watch WWE the last time that Brock Lesnar had a TV match. So I There's probably people watching WWE that, that were, weren't born at that point. I, I need to speak up and say that I was completely wrong about my prediction of Roman Reigns carrying the title onto TV <laughs> uh, in Fox. I don't know that any of us saw this coming. I certainly didn't. Um, I, I didn't. I did not see this coming at all, uh, but pleasantly surprised. You, you guys know at this point I'm a little down on the Kofi reign. It is what it is, but I've, I've called Randy to take it off of him the last two pay-per-views. So I'm, I'm ready for that to end, and I it makes a lot of sense that Fox being formerly of UFC and you know that MMA type of style, who else? It, I mean, it's hindsight's 2020. It's perfect. Have Brock Lesnar on the opening night become the new champion on the night. I'll call it right now. Brock Lesnar is definitely winning that match on opening I, night. And taking I want to point out, well, and I want to point out the last time that Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston had a match, it was on Beast in the East about three, four years ago. Oh, God. Okay. And Brock Lesnar gave Kofi Kingston nine F5s, something like that. Just murdered him. It was a squash match. Of he just murdered Kofi Kingston. It looked ridiculous so, with the two of them standing next to each other last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It looked absolutely insane. And Brock looked like he was going to shake Kofi's hand. He just gave him an F5 and walked oh, away. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, either we're going to see Kofi absolutely 100% cement and legitimize his reign by having some sort of crazy fluke victory over, over Brock. There's going to be some sort of schmage finish where Kofi escapes, like Brock gets DQ'd or something. Or Brock Lesnar's going to walk in here, squash the hell out of poor Kofi Kingston, and end this reign in the most ignominious way possible. That. that That is my prediction of what's going to happen. It's been fun, Kofi. It, it's time to get serious now. <laughs> what's frustrating is, Nick, this, is, this, this proves our point earlier this year when Brock won the Money in the Bank match. At, as entertaining as the Beast in the Bank was and, and Brock with his, you know, his boombox briefcase, as entertaining and stupid as that was, he didn't like it was dumb to put that briefcase on Brock. You could, so many other things you could have done with that, other people, other storylines you could have had, because this just proves Brock can walk in whenever he wants and call a title shot and get it. And we all knew that was the case. So it was stupid to have him have the money in the bank briefcase. Agreed. Uh, so, agreed. yeah. Anyway, uh, we will see what happens to poor Kofi if he's left decimated on October 5th. Yeah, he's done. Enjoy the next couple of weeks with <laughs> Kofi as your champion. It, it's not going to happen going on to Fox, unfortunately. So, uh, anyway. what, is happening, what is happening on Fox is apparently Luke Harper and Eric Rowan are back together buds again. Uh, Eric Rowan sat down for an interview with Michael Cole. That went about as well as can be expected. Uh, 
Uh, I feel like he's trying to do the Daniel Bryan psycho style of interview, and it just doesn't work because the guy has the acting chops of a cardboard box. Um, trying to say that he is Daniel Bryan's intellectual superior and that he's better than Daniel Bryan in every way, physically, mentally. He's no one's puppet, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not very believable, I have to say. But as the show closed, Daniel Bryan came out to address this and was promptly murdered by both Rowan and Harper. Ro- uh, Roman Reigns came out for the save. He also was beaten down to close the show. So a couple questions I have for you here, Nick. Okay. Is Daniel Bryan going face already? Because it seems like he's starting to like nudge towards that way. And should he go face? And then what's the end game for Harper here? What's, is Harper, Harper and Rowan just going to be tag teams again? We're going to be Daniel Bryan and Roman versus Harper and Rowan? It almost has that- to be. Rowan can't stand on his own. Luke, I think Luke Harper could, had he given been. I mean, what's the thing we always say? Anybody can be if they're booked properly. Anybody can be a big megastar in WWE. So I, I, I think Luke Harper just doesn't talk a lot, or he's never been given an opportunity to. So the two of them on their own, eh? The two of them together as big bruiser heavyweight dudes with janky beards. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like this is the best thing for Luke Harper is to be in a team with Eric Rowan? Essentially, Bludgeon Brothers Part 2, only now with heavy metal shirts, as opposed to those stupid World of Warcraft costumes they had before. Um, yeah, I hope they don't put them back in the costumes. That's the, that's the big thing I'm, I'm really hoping for. Like, if we can avoid that, everything's okay. But if we end up putting them back in hooded costumes with big, stupid... Orc, orc mallets, that's that's going to go downhill real quick, and I just I don't want to see that happen at all. So that's my one big fear. There uh, is, is that kind of thing happening. Agreed, agreed. So we'll we'll see. Uh, fingers crossed that they don't go right back down that path. But I think that it's I think it's dangerous to put them back together again. I, I'm glad Harper's back, but man, I wish they would give him a singles run. I yeah. really do. The guy deserves it. He's fantastic. But, uh, Harper especially yeah. does, yes. I think, I mean, here's the thing. You've got Daniel Bryan right there. He and Roman Reigns have only faced each other once in a match. What are you doing? Why are you not having those two guys feud? Um, how, do, how, do you, how do you go for Rowan and then throw Harper in it and possibly have them have a tag team against Roman and Daniel Bryan? I... I the mind explode. I don't yeah. understand why that was the logic over Roman versus Daniel Bryan. When you have a, a, a heel Daniel Bryan that's doing fantastic work. Not sure. Yeah, me either. I, I don't understand why they would, uh, they would try and do that with them. So, no. uh, Anywho, looks like we're back online. Things back, back to normal. Sorry about that little interruption there, guys, but we're, we should still be online and going. Please let us know in the chat if there's anything still messed up, but we're going to keep going as normal. Uh, let's see. Next up, oh, we've got to do one last thing, and now we have to do both of them. Uh, Rowan Harper shirt watch. Oh yeah, well it's the same oh. one as they. Like I said, they kept him from uh, from Sunday. Still Cannibal Corpse and a Monomarth. Excellent taste holds over until SmackDown. Yes. Apparently, uh, no no washing machines there in uh, Tennessee. So um, let's talk about some more things on SmackDown. We got to catch up here. Bailey comes in to save Sasha Banks after Charlotte uh, tries to beat her down, and then Carmella comes in to save Charlotte when the two of them tag up on on her. 
Carmella coming in for the save now. Is Carmella the next challenger for Bailey? And if so, what, what the hell was this all about? So I, I have no explanation for why Carmella, of all people, came in. But at the same time, it's like, well, okay, she's been doing this work with R-Truth for some time now. Um, why don't we let her go out there and be a part of this? And let's see what happens. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't right. mad at it, uh, but let's let, give me a reason to care. Is my is where I'm right. my, I'm hung up on it. I don't have a reason to care yet. And unfortunately, when it comes to Bailey, everything has to give you know you have to have a reason to care for everything. Yeah. And I don't know if Carmella has it. And it's unfortunate because we were saying give her someone besides Charlotte. Um, and yet here we are going. All right, she got someone besides Charlotte. Oh, it's Carmella. And we're and we're uh, kind of let down. Maybe if they. Um, Maybe if they establish what's going on with Carmella in the next week or so, it will improve. But uh, yeah, right now this was kind of a, a head scratcher, given that we have no reason why Carmella would save Charlotte right. at this point. Exactly. Especially because, as they said, Bailey and Carmella are supposed to be good yeah. friends. Well, the next thing I want to talk about quite a bit, honestly, and I was waiting for us to get here. So we had a moment where, transitioning from this, where KO... Kevin Owens was spotted. Several things happened in parallel here. Kevin Owens was spotted coming into the arena, walking down the walkway, uh, was spotlighted and everything, and he had some kind of security guard or usher with him, uh, and he had a ticket in his hand, and he sits down at a seat that, like, you know, anybody, any of us going to a show would get, right, in that kind of middle-tier area. And at the same time backstage, we cut to a segment where Shane is being approached in – being approached backstage uh, and handed an envelope saying, Shane McMahon, you've been served. So Kevin Owens has served legal papers to Shane McMahon. And Shane says, well, we're just going to go address this in the ring right away. So <laughs> he comes out to the ring, uh, walks out, invites Kevin Owens into the ring like, nope, come on in. We're going to talk about this. And we have a huge back and forth. Kevin Owens has filed a lawsuit for wrongful termination against WWE and specifically Shane McMahon and his actions over the last few months. So, Ian, uh, what do you think of this as far as Kevin Owens uh, trying to... Is this a good angle for the anti-hero trying to take down the big establishment uh, is Kevin Owens? Well, everyone remembers, everyone remembers when... Uh when Shawn Michaels kicked Marty Jannetty through a, a glass window in the barbershop, Marty Jannetty coming back and uh, with viciousness in his eyes, serving Shawn Michaels with uh, papers for assault. Right. Uh, everyone, everyone remembers uh, after Hell in a Cell 1998 at, uh, at the King of the Ring pay-per-view that Mankind, after being thrown off the cell and through the cell by Undertaker, served Undertaker with papers, uh, suing him for assault. Uh, everyone remembers the time. Yeah, I could right. go on. You get the point. This is wrestling. Why is an anti-hero figure like Kevin Owens, why is someone that you're trying to build up as being sympathetic in the audience's eyes in a company where your biggest angle of all time wasn't someone suing their boss for wrongful termination. It was someone beating up their boss because their job allowed them to. And it was the most popular thing they've ever done. And now you're turning around and having someone sue his boss. <laughs> this doesn't 
come on, that's like that is uh, that that is not a move that makes us go, yeah, Kevin, you sue that. But we're sitting here going, oh, I'm going to sue you. That's what I'm going to do. Great. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sue, sue you. you. <laughs> come on, Kevin. What? Uh, Big I, deal. Oh, God, is this the best you can do with Kevin Owens? He was on such a tear there for a while. Like, oh, my God, come on. This is so effing maddening to me. because While it, I, I chuckled, I mostly just rolled my eyes so hard that I almost fell out of the chair. That this is the one thing that they're going to try and do is have a lawsuit angle. What are they going to do? Have a match in the courtroom? Like, hey, come on, guys. Yeah. Seriously. Says uh, he's going to sue him until the point where he can come back in the ring and tell Shane that he's fired. I, 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 I think they were going for some sort of audience reaction here, but everyone was just kind of like, yay? Yay, white-collar resolutions. You know, right. it's... For $25 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's very Dr. Evil, isn't it? One million dollars, and they're like... No, 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 that's not enough. Million dollars? That's nothing. That's chump change. Twenty-five million dollars, please. Vince farts that much when he wakes up in the morning. It's that's that's nothing. Anyway, yeah. This this angle is. I, I don't I don't know, understand what they're doing. This angle is garbage. I'm finally on your side with the whole Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon <laughs> angle. This is where it jumped the shark for me when Kevin Owens sued Shane McMahon. Did did I just beat the game? Oh my God! I got Sir Ian to agree with me on something. Holy smokes! Sorry, uh, this is where they lost me. <laughs> That's exactly what I was talking about. This is wrestling. The whole point is you're not resolving things by with lawsuits. You're resolving things with your fists. Yes. That's kind of the, been the stock and trade forever. Like, oh, so-and-so did me wrong. He you know, wrecked my car, and he insulted me backstage, and I'm going to slap the taste out of his mouth. You don't say, I'm going to sue him. Right. I'm, I'm going to take him to court, and that'll be the end of it. Uh, that'll show him. <laughs> that yeah, exactly. But that's right, Daddy. I've I've had hard times. Ric Flair's put hard times on me, on Dusty Rhodes and his family, and as a result, I'm taking him to court. Yeah, that doesn't quite have right. the same. That doesn't quite have the same ring as I'm gonna give him the bionic elbow, Daddy. I'm gonna do it in front of all of us, and you can see what happens when a man like Ric Flair comes in the Dusty territory. It's, oh my goodness. It's sorry. It's it's terrible. It's uh, let's talk about King Corbin. King Baron Corbin was coronated, but the middle of his coronation uh, was was interrupted by Chad Gable. He asked asked for Gable to come out, and he started making short jokes at him. And Gable finally had enough, beat the crap out of Corbin, sent him scampering out of the ring, and then destroyed all of his accoutrement, uh, all of his uh, his kingly stuff. Destroyed, hit him with the scepter, broke his throne, tore his robe. Gable stands tall in the ring while Corbin's screaming at him from the outside. Was how, King how of many, the Ring... What? How, how many souvenir King of the Ring souvenirs did that audience get? There were pieces of chair and cape and... Corey Graves got hit in the face everything. with a piece of the scepter, which was fantastic. Oh, God. That, that shit was going everywhere. I mean, kudos to Chad Gable for just snapping, finally. That's great. People yeah. loved it. I, I thought it was great, too. My, but it made me wonder, because... So the, the scuttlebutt was... King of the Ring was only done this year to get someone over. And the question is, was it Baron Corbin or was it Chad Gable? Was there idea that Gable would lose and become even more of a sympathetic babyface in the process? And now we're going to see a feud between G Cable and Cable and Gorbin. 
Sasha Banks, is that you? Gable and Corbin, uh, where, where we ultimately see who they're going, they want to get over. Is Gable going to win this feud? And then the idea being to get Gable over. Is, is, that the, is that the ultimate idea? And if so, is that actually kind of brilliant? It would be, but I'm not going to give him that much credit. I think this is all for Corbin. <laughs> this is totally all for Corbin, and 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 Gable is just the scapegoat. He's the fall guy. Sorry, Gable. You know, yeah, came up short. We'll see. We'll see. But I did like Gable getting his back here. Came up short. Who are you, Baron Corbin? Baron Corbin with a with a big beard and better hair. Um, yeah, thank you. All right, let's let's get the rest of SmackDown here. Nakamura and Zayn get a win back on Ali. It's basically all I could see this as was uh, they came out and said, "Hey, Ali, you had a fluke win over Nakamura. We're just going to kick your ass." And they did. Yeah. Um again, the cape got all up in Nakamura's face. I hate it. I hate the cape. Just, uh, uh, and I'm finally over it already. <laughs> finally, two of your favorite tag teams faced off. Heavy Machinery squashed some local talent. I, I mean, excuse me, they squashed the B team. Squash the hell out of the Raw tag champion, the B yeah. team. Yeah, well, I I told you what was going to happen to the B team as soon as they formed. I'm like, this isn't going to end well. Yep. And here we are. Yep, yep. But at least everyone loves heavy machinery. Aren't they fun? They are. They are very much. They are fun. fun. You know what else is fun, Nick? What? The uh, the entire rest of our show, which I would like to call the wide world of wrestling. Well, we got to talk about some NXT for quite a minute here. Um, can, can we figure out the uh, the algorithm to determine what's going to be on what sh- network when and how they're going to on the USA? Ne- Kudos to Mara Ronaldo, by the way, for holding all this shit together. Because this is on the USA Network, and now we're going to th- watch this over yeah. on the WWE Network. And Is so, that a cable channel if I've never watched NXT before? like there was That's the one thing that fell down here for me a little bit. Here's so, how this went down, basically. Yeah. So because WWE wanted to get the jump on AEW, they basically made it so that they're only going to get an hour for NXT live on the USA Network until October 2nd. Starting October 2nd, it will be a two-hour show on USA once the season finale of the show after it ends. So they basically are only doing this crazy stuff now because they wanted to get that two-week jump on AEW. And right now, basically, the first hour of the show is on USA. Second hour of the show is on the network. And then 24 hours later, the whole two-hour show, hour-and-a-half show, will be on the network. And that's that's the way it's going to be for two weeks. And then it will settle down into the standard two hours on USA the whole show is on NX, is uh, on the network the next day. So kind of the way it works now with Hulu with Raw and SmackDown. Yep. So it will it will it will level off in a couple of weeks, but right now, yeah, it's a little weird. That being said, 1.179 million people on their first week. That is as good as TNA did at its height. That is half of what Raw and SmackDown normally do, more than half of SmackDown. Um, that is an incredible number. Uh, if you if you have ever looked at numbers for wrestling shows, comparatively, yeah, like is it overall is it a low number? Yes, but you're talking about half of what current Raw and SmackDown make. That's incredible. Yeah, it's not CSI and Grey's Anatomy numbers, but no. I mean at the same time, if you if you compare it to the demographics and the the other wrestling shows that are out, I will be impressed if AEW does this well. Uh, to be honest, to be fair. I think it will. I think it'll taper off. 
I think NXT is going to taper off a little bit. But if both of those shows can maintain a million viewers in the 18 to 49 demo, which is what they want, yeah. holy smokes, Wednesday night is going to be hot. They for, were the for fourth. Those networks. They were number four in the 18. Let me, uh, let me get my notes up here. They were number four in the 18 to 49 demo, um, which is, yeah, they were, they were fourth behind American Horror Stories premiere um, and Suits, excuse me, Suits is the one that Suits is the one is that uh, that follows NXT episodes. right now. Yeah, and then NXT is going to take over. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was number four in the eighteen to forty nine demo. That's fantastic for a premiere of a wrestling show. Yep. Um, AEW, and the, here's the real problem: AEW is going to have to work to put on as good of a show as NXT is putting on because this show was lights out. This show was incredible. If you're just starting to watch NXT and you see this show, you go, "My God." That's a good wrestling show. Yeah. It's, it was lights out from top to bottom. Starts off with a fantastic four-way women's number one contender match. Uh, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, and Mia Yim. These women, it was a short match. It was like eight to nine minutes long. But, man, these women, went, these women were hot in this match. Uh, just fan, nonstop action, fantastic movesets, um, big spots. Everyone got their shit in. It was great. And it ended up with Candice LeRae picking up the win uh, in a very exciting... It, it was What I liked about it was uh, it made sense. Mia Yim, on, like, in trying to put Candice in the electric, electric chair position, left herself open for a poison Rana, which Candice then capitalized on for the win. Um, Candice LeRae is your number one contender for, uh, for Shayna Baszler's title. Shayna challenged her at the top of the ramp, tried to intimidate her with the other horsewoman. Good stuff. Um, I like that LeRae is getting the shot. We know she's not going to take it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine her taking it after all this time uh, in Shayna's hand, especially with Rhea Ripley waiting in the wings. Right. But um, And Tony Storm. <clears throat> and possibly Tony Storm. So, yeah, um, this was all a great start. Then you had a squash match. Cameron Grimes squashes Sean Maluda. Uh, Cameron, uh, Cameron Grimes and his hat, I should say, squashing Sean Maluda. I'm not really did sure why they're the trying hat? to. I didn't see him wear the hat. He did. He came out looking like like Ronnie Van Zant. Okay. Um, like a member of Leonard Skinner. I guess that's what they're going for. I, I, it's it's growing on me. It's still dumb looking, but it's growing yeah. on me, and I like his presentation. I like what they're doing with him. Um, weird to see Trevor Lee on on USA Network, man. Yeah, it is on live TV. <laughs> I mean, I know it's happened on Impact for a while, but it's still it's weird. Um, the big news from that first hour of NXT, the prophecy, Nick. The prophecy was fulfilled. The prophecy Roderick, was fulfilled. Roderick Strong is your new North American champion after an absolutely amazing, amazing match with Velveteen Dream, uh, at the end of which Undisputed Era came out, of course, and helped Strong win. Doesn't matter. It was a fantastic match. If anyone had never seen these guys before, they would be amazed by this match. And, yep, Undisputed Era draped in gold. We knew it was going to happen. I didn't think it would happen that soon, but it's a great time to do it to end the first hour of NXT Live on TV. Just awesome. And I, I, I'm stuck. So at this point, we're, we're switching over to the WWE Network, and I think it's a good time yes. to talk about um, what do the people that tuned in to USA on Wednesday night that have never seen NXT before, I'd love to hear from them like what you thought. Like if you don't watch yeah. NXT regularly, did you were you channel flipping? Were you rolling through the guide on your cable and you just ran across USA NXT live? Yeah. What'd you think? What did you think? 
Did you what stick did you around? Think? Did you did it make you go sign up for the network so you could watch the second half of it? Are you going to go right. back and watch takeovers? Those are the questions that are like in my mind because th- I think that's the goal. That's the whole and what's, end goal of this. And frankly, the second hour I thought was way more insane than the first hour. Yes. You started off with a really awesome Pete Dunn versus Arturo Ruas match, which was a great conflict of styles. You had Ruas doing his capoeira and MMA and Pete Dunn just doing his mat wrestling and joint manipulation, and it was fantastic. It was a great showcase for both guys. Um, Pete Dunne does pick up the win here, but Ruas, I thought, looked great even in defeat. just looked like he just lost a step on, on Dunne. Dunne was just that much more vicious. Right. Um, you then had, unfortunately, the low point of the entire show, which was Zia Lee versus Aaliyah, which was a little botchy. I love Zia Lee, but she's... She, I don't know. So every once in a while, she's just a little clumsy, which is weird. She slipped off the top rope trying to do a move. Um, I'm, I'm going to attribute a little of bit stopped. of that to Aaliyah as well because um, you have to have the good base, and I don't know if Aaliyah is a good base for her to, to work with. Zaya so. did it herself. She slipped off that top rope herself, man. Yeah, I, right. I hate to say it. I, I'm really high on Zaya Lee. I, I can't love... blame it on Armenian Carmella. <laughs> no, you cannot <laughs> blame it. On... Good Lord. We're... <laughs> Um, what happened, man? You go on vacation, you come back all salty. Eh, um, but uh, yeah, so unfortunately, but Zaya did pick up the win. I feel like they are high on Zaya. They feature a lot on the WWPC YouTube channel, and they should. Like she's got a great presentation. Um, I see a lot of upside in her, but yeah, just they need a little bit more work. Yep. But then, man, um, things started heating up some more. We were supposed to have a match between Denzel Dejournet and Kushida. Denzel comes out and. Waving the crowd and, you know, hey, ho, trying to get everyone excited about his match. And out comes Imperium. Three members of Imperium come out, beat the crap out of him, and pose in the ring. The whole crowd starts chanting for Walter. And sure enough, (laughs) they started doing the Goldberg chant. Walter, Walter. And out he comes, and everyone loses their damn minds. Because Walter famously didn't want to come to the U.S. Like, he come over for, like, you know, a little jaunt here and there, but he didn't want to move to the U.S., which is why he was put on the NXT UK brand. Apparently, Walter has agreed to do an American tour, and here he is. He just showed up on NXT. Tri- Triple H it was is- like, how much money do you need, dude? Like, <laughs> Pretty much, like- and, and honestly, after the match he had with Tyler Bate, give this man his money. Yeah. Give him his money. Just pay him to, to do whatever he wants. Kushida was supposed to have that match with Denzel. Kushida came out and said, this is my time. You're in my ring. I'm going to take my time back. Jumped in, got into it with all the guys, tossed him out, and at the end, looked like he was challenging Walter to a match. Uh, I don't know if, if Kushida and Walter can pull off a match as amazing as Tyler Bate and Walter, but um, I'd be curious to see, Nick. Yeah, I want to find out. I, I want to find Walter's out. going to cave his chest in. Uh, I'm, oh, know, God. That, that poor guy's getting ready to get, get hurt. And oh. I, just, I don't think there's any way Kushida, I mean, unless he taps him out. Because that's, that's, that's going to have to be Kushida's the story, thing. right? Yeah, well, he's technical. He can do anything. Yeah. He can do anything. Yeah. Um, but right now, it looks like we're getting a six-man tag match next week. Walter has said, pick two guys, and you're going to face me and two guys next week. So, fun. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also, another Walter note. Just This is for you, Nick. And I know you saw this. Jackson Riker versus Walter happened on a house show. Yes, it did. And uh, those two big boys looked like they went hard on each other. Walter they, slapped. 
There's video oh. out there of this. You got, I'll post it in the group or in Discord for you guys. I think it's actually in the videos channel if you're already in Discord, so you can scroll back through and look for that. But uh, there is a house show video from WWE NXT showing Walter and Jackson Riker chopping the <laughs> shit out of each other for yeah. what seems like eternity. And it's uh, high hopes. Fingers crossed. I'm not going to lie. It's the best Jackson Riker has ever looked. Of course, that's like saying I'm taller than Danny DeVito. It's not saying too much. Oh, come on. But, come on, uh, man. But that being said, the next match I think may have been my favorite match of this week, Nick. I was well, very excited. On American, in American wrestling. Okay, sure. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, this one over-delivered, over-performed big time. For, big time for me. Um, Leo Rush uh, versus Oni Lorcan for a number one contendership. Here we go with the crossover stuff, NXT 205, what I was alluding to earlier, what I wanted to yes. talk about here. It's been rumored that allegedly Trips wants to absorb the 205 Live brand and belt uh, mm -hmm. to have a different division inside of NXT. This is a great opportunity for it, and here we go. On NXT, their premiere night of going live on USA, they have a number one contendership for the Cruiserweight Championship between Leo Rush and Oni Lorcan. Yes. This was fantastic. A this returning me, Leo Rush. Yes. This to me was what the cruiserweight division needs. It needs a little bit of a little goose. Yeah. And I, I think this is going to be good for, you know, we're, we now know, uh, you know, fantastic match. Uh, Leo Rush on his return <sighs> is your number one contender to face Drew Gulak for the cruiserweight championship. And I love the story they told here where you had Leo Rush coming back. Got, maybe we don't know if he has ring rust or not. Only Lorcan, much bigger, much more powerful than him, overwhelming him at every point. Leo just basically escaping for most of the match. Yep. And in fact, that was how the match finished was Leo pissed off Only Lorcan so much. Only Lorcan's character is the same way he is on Twitter. He's all caps. He only speaks in all caps. He only wrestles in all caps. And if that's the case, <laughs> Leo Rush is all italics. Because right. sure enough, he pisses off Oni Lorcan to the point where Oni just loses his mind, beat, you know, starts slapping the crap out of him, tries to charge him. Leo turns it into a Spanish fly and quickly capitalizes with a split leg frog splash and takes out Oni Lorcan. I love that storytelling. Leo couldn't beat Oni until Oni essentially beat himself and Leo capitalized on Oni getting just too angry, which is a great character trait for Oni to have. I like that. Um, I like the, the way that they played this. And also, I like the fact that it looks like Leo, they, they put over the fact that Leo uh, is getting his stuff together. You know, we all know he had troubles on the main roster. He had some heat backstage. Um, uh, Mauro Ronaldo alluded to the fact that he's got some mental issues that he's working through. And I think that this is probably one of the best things that could happen to him is pull him down from where he was with that Bobby Lashley program, get him back wrestling again, He's such a fantastic wrestler, and he was being misused, I think, just as a mouthpiece, although right. he's great at that. Yeah. Uh, but this is my, like, humble him a little bit, calm him down, and let him just go out there and work. Put, you know, put, a, put a different bridle on that horse uh, because the kid's got miles of talent. He doesn't need to be anybody's manager. He, he has no. the talent to do this. Uh, I mean, as good as, uh, you know, we talk about Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, are they good enough? Can they stand on their own? Leo Rush, I put right beside them as yeah. having that kind of, that, maybe not the history and the, the experience, but, man, we talk about Velveteen Dream all the time, Patrick being 23 years old. Leo Rush, I think, is 22, 23 as well. He's young, yeah. 
So, I mean, these up-and-comers, man, we've got to nourish that. And putting them on, putting him on the main roster with as a manager mouthpiece for someone who, at, like Bobby Lashley, eh, we, that was questionable at best. So, yeah, this is the best possible thing that could have happened to Leah Rush. It looks fantastic. Great to see him uh, come back and, and have a match like this and land a number one contendership uh, yeah. for the Cruiserweight Championship. So we'll see Which what is- happens with that. Which, as I said, like I want the cruiserweight division to go back to being guys like Leo Rush, Lince Dorado, Umberto Carrillo, guys who are flyers, guys who are going out there and putting on a high-energy, exciting match, not a mat wrestling match on the pre-show. Right. So exactly. in, that, in that sense, I thought this was a step in the right direction. And fingers crossed for Leo. I mean, obviously, he had similar backstage stuff as someone like Big Cass or Enzo, uh, where he was pissing people off just with his personality. Obviously, he said, we don't know everything that's going on backstage. He had enough upside that they felt it was worth uh, giving him another chance, and he's back. So very happy to see that there was there were other routes that he could take within the company. Sure. Yep, absolutely. So uh, this show ended with Matt Riddle and Killian Dane getting another shot at each other, and mm. once again... No, not really. Well, Dylan Dane, I think, has won one match, and we had no resolution in one match. But once again, we had no resolution. Street fight, and Riddle and Dane basically just brawled into the back. They ran into Walter. Walter got pissed and started beating up Matt Riddle. And then Imperium started to jump in, and then Street Profits jumped in, and then the Forgotten Sons jumped in, and then it was just a massive brawl with everyone in the back. So Pete Dunne just kept walking by and like beating people up. Okay. It was just it was like random people in the back were just started jumping in and getting into a fight. This all spilled back out into the arena, and the show went off the air with Killian Dane doing a freaking tope suicida into a massive crowd of dudes. Uh, yeah, this ended with madness, but no real resolution to Riddle and Dane. Do you think, Nick, that for your first major show where you're trying to show off your show to the world, you should have a show with a non-finish? Whereas basically it was it was kind of an old WCW WCW stingers in the rafters. We're out of time. Yep. This brawl's gone insane. Kelly and Dave took out everybody. We're out of time. We gotta go. Was that the I, way to end this show? I, I maybe maybe because I'm not terribly mad at it. It leaves me hungering, wanting more. Oh God, what what are we gonna do next week? You know that right. kind of. I miss that stuff from like the the 90s. I miss WCW and, and Attitude Era stuff from the 90s where they would just. Go to black right at the end because they ran out of time, uh, but, and you you didn't have social media, you didn't have all that stuff to like keep you up to date throughout the week. You had to wait till the next Monday to see what the hell was going to happen, what the outcome was, or if they were still going to be fighting at that point. So yeah, I do think the suspense nature of this might have been what they were going for. Let's make sure that people have something to look forward to when they come back next week. Um, as far as Dane and Riddle goes. I don't know where this goes from here. We've got to have some kind of blow-off. Is it a Hell in a Cell match? Is it going to happen at War Games uh, in a couple of months? I don't know, but I, I don't think they're done by by any means. So. Oh, no. No, this, this definitely seems like it's going to end up at War Games, given the timing of everything, but we shall see. Yep. Uh, overall, Nick, good, bon- good uh, start for NXT Live. Uh, should AEW be scared? Yes. Yes. <laughs> be, be very worried. You're going to get that initial pop. But you better have programming. You better have Man. storytelling. You better have established some shit to tell us in that first two hours that you guys are on TV on October 2nd. Yeah. Because they've got established stuff. They've got storyline. They've got history. They've got all this stuff that we're already invested in for years now. 
some they of have some of the best. Re- they have, they have some of the best wrestlers in the world, and they have they have a huge deep roster of those great wrestlers. And AEW's got a bunch of great wrestlers too. These are established international properties yeah. that that they've got their hands on in NXT. Uh, yeah, AEW. I, this is what's crazy is I think when AEW was first. Uh, when they, when they first said that it was going to happen, I think everyone was like, oh my God, they're going to put on such a better show than the main roster of WWE. And they probably will. Are they going to put on a better show than NXT? I don't know. Nobody is putting on a better show than NXT. Not New Japan, not Impact, definitely not Ring of Honor. NXT is the best week-to-week wrestling show there is right now. And has and been for years. And has been for years. Yeah. AEW has a huge uphill battle here. So, yeah, they're going to have to bring their A game. I suspect it's going to be a, a bit of a, a learning curve as well on how to put on a regular TV show. So, hey, man, I am all for this Wednesday night war, so to speak, because I, I, we're the ones who win, us wrestling fans. Absolutely. It's just that much Competi- more. Competition is always a good thing. The consumer always wins. Yeah, and they're, and they're not. I mean, NXT isn't letting up. Next week we have Lee Dijak 2, or 3, I guess, technically. 3 in NXT. That's next week. Let's see I if can't they can actually wait. finish the match this time. <laughs> well, they finished it last time. I need yeah. Lee needs to win this one. We have to have two. So, so it's a non-finish. Dijak wins. Lee wins. And then we have a rubber match somewhere down the line right. that they can throw on against AEW and everyone's hot for it. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if they wait that long, but maybe. Maybe. I, yeah. Hey, throw them into war games against each other. Sure. Yep. Uh, a couple more quick things here. Let's see. Let's head over to 205 Live. Really quickly on 205 Live. Lindsay Dorado beat Arya Davari. Jack Gallagher won via DQ because Brian Kendrick got a kendo stick and beat the absolute crap out of him. Humberto Carrillo wants another title shot and says next time he's going to win because he's going to have it alone. All right. And then uh, Oni Lorcan had a match against uh, Tony Nese, and Drew Gulak helped Tony Nese beat him. So Lorcan 0-2 this week. Poor guy. There was something I saw online where people were chanting, baby, baby. Because they were so bored with the two of was that this week's two of five live where Drew Gulak started rocking Grand Metalik in his arms that was, like no, a baby. That, wasn't, that was last I don't week. Know. It's, I don't know something I ran across online. I'm just wondering what stealing, that's from. But uh, stealing one from Gentleman Jarvis there. Yeah. Uh, who, by the way, man, he showed up at Bar Wrestling this week and apparently was having a really bad bout with depression before it, but got it got himself up and went to the show and tweeted about how much it meant to him that he had a, such a great time there. So, awesome. Gentleman Jarvis, dude. Such so awesome. One of those great indie wrestlers that you know, just a lot of people don't know about, but he's great. Him and Orange Cassidy, go check out their matches. Good stuff. Uh, speaking of good stuff and good matches, Nick, let's head over to New Japan. We had the destruction tour all this last week. Beppu, Kagoshima, and Kobe. Uh, three big shows. Uh, more the three big matches. And then I think the Kobe show was probably the most the most stuff happened. I'll put it that way. The last night's Kobe show, uh, which is why I'm so haggard today because I was up watching that, freaking out, which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, Beppu, Zack Sabre Jr. won that Rev Pro heavyweight title back. I think you and I both called that. We didn't think Hiroshi Tanahashi was going to hold it for long. But uh, wouldn't you agree, Nick, that Tanahashi winning the Rev Pro belt is more of a good thing for Rev Pro than anything else? That's basically now they can say in their champions roster Hiroshi Tanahashi and no disrespect to Rev Pro but that guy is bigger than that that, than that company oh totally oh totally but you and I both said there's like 
we felt like he was slumming it a little bit. You know? But he's elevating the bell. And so, and, you know, and that's I, the yeah. point. And I think that's yeah. the takeaway. That's what we want to leave people with is that Rev he's elevating the brand, he's elevating the title, all of that stuff uh, around Rev Pro. But yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. gets his title back. Congratulations. Uh, and I think he's better for it. He's better to, better holding it, I should say. Well, yeah, he's actually, you know, from Britain, he's lives in English, Britain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so makes more sense to have him have it. But it, I think it does elevate the belt for Tanahashi to win it. Yeah. Um, so you're great for RevPro, honestly. Like, really happy for them. Uh, Kagoshima, the next Destruction Tour show. El Fantasmo and Ishimori retained their junior heavyweight tag titles, damn it, against Osprey and Eagles. I was hoping Osprey and Eagles would pick those up, but nope. Ishimori and El Fantasmo still your junior heavyweight tag champs. And Ibushi defended his uh, briefcase for his title match at Wrestle Kingdom against Kenta. He did retain it, but then Evil came in after the match to say, I'm next, and I want to take that briefcase from you. Cool. Well, poor Evil, dude. He always gets thrown into these matches where it's like he's the last guy they face before Wrestle Kingdom, and n- everyone knows he's not going to win this damn briefcase. No. But It'll Everybody be a good match. in the world is waiting with bated breath to see Okada and Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. And if somehow Naito or Jay White works themselves into it, fine. But it's all about Ibushi Okada at Wrestle Nick, Kingdom at this point. I have some bad news for you. Uh-oh. At Kobe, last night, Jay White won the Intercontinental title from Naito. Ooh. That means that Jay White is guaranteed. If he retains that title all the way to the second day of Wrestle Kingdom... He is guaranteed a title match with the winner. Uh, with the well, Abushi says he wants to challenge whoever the Intercontinental title holder is. So Jay White now is basically waiting for Abushi to beat Okada and then come face him. And I think he's probably going to get an Okada's head if Okada retains and have Okada. So someone's going to end up with both belts after Wrestle Kingdom. And the Switchblade push is in full effect right now. Yeah, it is. He beat Naito, he beat Naito clean as a whistle. Wow. That that he is. It is in full effect right I'm now. I'm looking forward to watching that. that. That's on my list for tonight, actually, was to, to watch Kobe. So, Yeah, it's, it's good. Well, here's the other thing. It wasn't just that. Also, uh, Goto beat Shingo, which was I thought was crazy, but then Goto challenged uh, Jay White for the IC belt, so now it makes a little bit more sense. Okay. The, the real thing that blew my mind was earlier in the night, we had a match. It was supposed to be Jushin Thunder Liger in a tag match against Suzuki-gun with Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki and Liger have been going back and forth for a couple of months now. And last night, I mean, Jushin's been getting madder and madder about this. Last night, Minoru finally pushed him too far, tried to rip his mask off. And something happened last night, Nick, that has only happened three times before in wrestling history. The first time in 1996, the second time in 2006, and the third time in 2012. Jushin Thunder Liger unmasked, and revealed Kishin Liger, his evil alter ego. No. He then, it looks, it looks like Satan Joker. It's amazing. And it was oh terrifying God. the way he did it last night, too. It was really good. I can't wait um, to watch this. Rips off his mask, rips off his bodysuit, and then a spits mist in Suzuki's face, takes out the ref. There's a, there's a table set up in the corner. Minoru's lying at the table, and, he, and Kishin takes out a spike like a huge stake, which is his signature, and tries to stab Suzuki in the face. Suzuki barely dodges. That spike goes all the way through the damn table. And then you've never seen Minoru Suzuki scared like this. He runs to the back, terrified, as Kishin Liger chases him off. 
I, we have to stop the show. I have to go watch this right now. This is it's unbelievable, oh and it God. looks like we're it looks like it's gonna be a, we're gonna have a future match with Kishin against Suzuki. I hope. Um, as we know, you know he's on his he's on his retirement tour. It made sense that Kishin Liger would come back out at least one more time. Yep. But I'm I'm so excited now. I'm gonna put it's, a channel awesome. in the uh, under pay per views in the Discord. I'm gonna watch it tonight. You guys come hang out uh, if you yeah. want to watch it with me. So uh, definitely that, check it I'm out. Very much looking forward to that one. Very monumental moment. This it's basically imagine Finn Balor's demon, only for one of the most legendary wrestlers of all time, and it's only ever happened three times before. Wow! And last night was the fourth. So, very very cool. Uh, one last note from Kobe. A couple, actually, two more last notes. Carl Fredericks did win the. Uh, he tapped out Shota Umino to win the Young Lions Cup. Carl Fredericks is your Young Lions Cup winner. Congratulations to him, LA Dojo boy. Heck nice. yes. Uh, and finally, there was a tag match, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi versus um, uh, Togi Makabe, Toa Hanare, and uh, Honma. After winning that match, Chase Owens went over to the uh, English commentary table and challenged the Rock and Roll Express, which, of course, you know, he's going to have a tag match against him, which makes sense because, as we've been told all through the G1 this summer, Ricky Morton is Chase's trainer, and Chase... Uh, is saying, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Ricky Morton. I'm not trained by anybody. I'm Chase Owens. <laughs> so now we're gonna have Chase against his former trainer, uh, which is really cool. Just to make sure, Nick, you do know who the Rock and Roll Express is, right? Yeah. I. I yes. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> making sure. Thanks, Ian. Nice. No problem. No problem, buddy. Oh man. I, yes. Definitely looking forward to catching up on the destructions from this week. Um, ha- just a real quick, is Lance Archer still making as big of an impact on the Destruction Tour as he did in the G1, or are we still not seeing much from him? No, he's going to be on, uh, they're doing like a little American leg uh, here in, at the end of next week, and he'll be on that. So okay. we haven't seen him since. Gotcha. Well, guys, that's it for New Japan. And anything else we want to cover here before we get into uh, the other news? Yes, very quickly, Bloodsport 2, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 2. If you haven't checked it out, very much worth a watch. Uh, it is more of an MMA-style pro wrestling uh, event. There's no ropes. There's no pinfalls. It's submission or KO only. And some really fantastic matches. Very much worth your time, worth a watch. Uh, Nick, you would have loved Eric Hammer versus J.R. Kratos. Two very big boys beating the crap out of each other. Um, I thought Allison Kay versus Nicole Savoy was a really standout women's match. Uh, it was actually, the, I think, the first women's match they've ever had on, uh, on a blood sport which they've been doing for years. Uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Ikuhisa Minoa was really good. Davey Boy Smith Jr. showed off some serious stuff against Filthy Tom Lawler. I loved that match. I heard uh, Killer Cross called out Batista. Killer Cross, after submitting Nick Gage, he called out Batista. We'll see if that works out for <laughs> okay. Killer Cross. He's busy doing Gears of Wars promo right now. <laughs> yeah, right. He's got enough. I think he's got enough on his plate. Right, and um, Guardians 3 or whatever else is going on in his world. One match of interest to WWE fans, if you only know Anthony Corelli as Santino Morella, he had a match with Simon Grimm, a.k.a. one former half of the Vaude Villains, um, a.k.a. Simon Gotch. Simon Gotch, yeah. Shoots hard on Enzo Amore. They had a straight-up mat re- This all was very much mat wrestling for the most part with a few strikes. This was awesome. Like, Corelli is terrifying. He is a terrifying mat wrestler, and he showed it off here uh, submitting Simon Grimm fantastic right that's worth a watch just to see what uh, when he's not doing the stupid cobra thing what he can actually do it so makes for people that, d- that aren't familiar with this where can they go and, and watch it is this on uh, fight it's on TV? it's on fight tv yeah 
And yeah. finally, uh, Josh Barnett, who is just, he's just a beast. I love that guy. Yeah. Um, he KO'd Chris Dickinson in the main event. So, which, you know, he was supposed to face John Moxley. Um, and he said he's going to have that happen at a future time. If you ever watched the original Bloodsport with John Claude Van Damme, this is basically yeah. the Kumite. And yeah. it's what they're going for. So it's awesome. Well worth checking out. Highly recommend it. Just no bolo. <laughs> Flexing his pecs. <laughs> no bolo. No bolo, sadly. But well, guys, to- uh, that's the uh, that's the end of the show. We Because of the delay uh, in getting this out to you guys, we did not have listener questions. We are cooking up something to make up for it for next weekend. So stay tuned for that. We'll have some more information out for you on that. Thank you very much to all of our patrons, and apologies we could not get to those this week. Uh, due to the time constraints of today and you know the way that we, we just wanted to get the show out for you guys to recap everything, but we will make up for it, we promise, next weekend. But Ian, we're not done yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Yes, well, as we mentioned, Ms. and Maurice did welcome their baby Madison Jade Mizanin today. Congratulations again to them. Uh, also, while you were gone, Big Cass got himself in some more trouble, Nick. He was at a WrestlePro event. He was supposed to show up as a surprise, a surprise entrance in a battle royale. Uh, ended up getting into it backstage with Joey Janela and then uh, started making his way through the locker room, acting like a dick, and ended up getting kicked out and picked up by the cops. Um, so, oh, man. Yeah. Stay apparently, classy, Staten Island. I hear you, buddy. Apparently, Pat Buck, who is uh, apparently like one of the chillest guys in the world, he actually had to sock Cass in the face to calm him down. So Whoa. if you piss off Pat Buck, you've done something wrong. Cass has since apologized, and hopefully it'll be water under the bridge. Um, it's been noted he's got some emotional problems. So yeah. hopefully he can get his stuff together, man, because he does have some potential, but... This kind of stuff just keeps it, just seems to keep dogging him. Uh, PWG, their uh, Battle of Los Angeles is underway. Knights 1 and 2 are in the books. Moving on to the second round of Battle of Los Angeles, A-Kid, Brody King, Dragon Lee, Darby Allen, Jonathan, Jonathan Gresham, Jeff Cobb, our boy Jeff Cobb, Jake Atlas, Joey Janela, Ray Phoenix, Penta El Zero M, also known as Pentagon Jr., Bandito, and my pick to win the whole thing, David Starr. So... Mm-hmm. Can, uh, we will let you know about the finals of Battle of Los Angeles this week's show on Thursday. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was hospitalized, had to have a couple of surgeries, but apparently he's doing okay now. Uh, he is recovering, so fingers crossed, buddy. Ho, oh, feel better. Feel better, dude. Uh, Hyundai has donated, three, donated $300,000 to Connor's Cure, joining WWE in a Hope, in, Hope on Wheels campaign. Um, that's huge. That's a major company coming in for WWE, so props to them. Also, good cars. Uh, LAX had their farewell match at Impact. We've shown it on TV. They were given a a hero's send-off, as they should, one of the best tag teams in the world, in my opinion. And they're off to AEW! LAX to AEW! You saw it on on, uh, All Out, frankly. Saw it on All Out. And finally, Joey Ryan has heat... With Renee Young. Never thought it would happen. Never thought it would happen. But he and Renee Young got into it on a Twitter. Because apparently, Renee Young likes Twizzlers. And Joey Ryan has insisted that Red Vines are the only way to go. And Twizzlers are disgusting. I'm I'm Team Red Vines. I'm Team Red Vines as well. Actually, I think they're all disgusting. I hate licorice. They are. I I can't stand black licorice. Especially black licorice, but licorice in general. Like Twizzlers I can eat. It's like eating rubber. But black licorice... uh, Yeah. uh, too much nope. Jaeger in my youth. I don't mind. I don't that. mind anise. I don't mind anise flavored uh, 
I'm saying that very carefully. A N I S E. I like <laughs> anise flavored things. I don't like licorice. Just don't say so. it like Borat. No. Anus. No. No. Anus. <laughs> no. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I'm I'm on I'm on Team Joey this oh. one. If I if I gun to my head, I have to pick one. Sorry, I'm Team Joey Ryan on this one. And Nick, that is the news. Yes. For this week. Thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous, for that. And thank you very much to everybody that came and hung out with us in the live chat right here on YouTube uh, on this Sunday afternoon. Apologize for the show getting out to you late, but we wanted to get something out there for you to let you know what we thought of the week of wrestling uh, this week. Uh, you can always find us over in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. Make sure you send us a join request and get in on there. But the Discord server is a hopping, so make sure you also find that link to our Discord server either on Twitter or on our uh, BWO discussion group in Facebook. We've got links shared right there. We've got to get to like 10,000 users before we can get like a permalink, so you kind of have to hunt it out, and I'll make sure I put We'll get there. We'll everywhere. get there. We'll get there. In we'll time. Get there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast right here on YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you're subscribed because we've still got about, a, I don't know, a couple weeks, 10 couple days weeks. Yeah. to see if we can get another 600 or so in there. And Sir Ian Dangerous will sing Tai Chi's theme song <sighs> if we can get to 1,000 subscribers by the time Fox airs SmackDown on October 4th. So you got a, you know, a little over a week, a little over a week to get us there. Uh, let's see. What else have we got here? Patreon. We love our patrons. Thank you so much, guys, for all of your support. Uh, if you do get in the Discord, you get some special perks. Just make sure you connect your Discord perk on your Patreon account, and you can get a special role and all kinds of access to secret channels and uh, special kind of stuff Ooh. like that. But if you want some uh, show notes, listener questions, bonus episodes, sweet swag, all kinds of good stuff, patreon.com slash BWO is where to find that, and it helps us Support this show, keep things going, build this amazing live stream setup that we got that is still vulnerable to the internet going out as we experienced today. Gremlins. For the first time ever, we had an internet outage. So thank you guys oh. for hanging in there with us through that. Vince, Vince McMahon hacked us. He didn't like us talking bad about the Bludgeon Brothers. I understand. Nope. It's all right. Nope. It's all right, fans. I see how it is. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.